Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Crazy week. I'm very irritated tonight because of what's been going on this week. I am especially irritated by that which I heard today. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the children, the immigrant children that are on several borders in our country. And they're just being screwed up completely, treated maliciously, improperly, in un-American fashion, in a non-human fashion, by Donald Trump and his people. Uh, And here's what's bugging the hell out of me today, especially. It is said, well, this is the way it came over on the media today. Let me me approach it in this fashion, because this was something I wasn't even going to talk about tonight, by the way. I'm just so infuriated with what I've been seeing on TV in the last two hours that I had to start this way. Uh, They have been showing pictures of some of the children. These pictures were taken by Trump's people or people hired by Trump. Uh, Media itself has not been permitted into these buildings to see the children or to take the pictures. All of the pictures so far are of boys 10 years and older. Boys. No girls. No toddlers. Kids under 10. And no babies. Now, why is this? I don't understand. Something has to be wrong. Now, the media has been asking why for two days, three days if you include today. And today they were told by whoever's in charge of these kids because you got two different departments of the government involved and other people speaking for them. You've got private corporations involved in this thing. They were told they would get pictures of the girls, the toddlers, and the babies but they had to wait two more days. Why do they have to wait two more days? Why do the little girls look different from the little boys? Something's wrong here. Something does stink in Denmark. This is atrocious, disgusting. And again, something has to be badly wrong for them not to even take pictures and provide them to the media. What they should do is let the media go in there and see what's going on and take pictures. Now, the other thing that bugs the hell out of me here with regard to these kids is that tape that someone got a couple of days ago and that's been flying over the Internet and on national TV uh, where you can hear the kids crying in another room through a wall, crying, moaning, yelling, mommy, daddy, whatever they do in their language. No question about it. These children are seeking the comfort of a parent. And apparently they're not getting it. Now, most of us have either been parents, grandparents, what have you. I had four children. I had four children, nine grandchildren. Let me tell you something. Every time the baby or a young child cries or is uncomfortable, the first thing you do is go to that child. You pick them up. You hold them. You cuddle them. You love them. You whisper to them and say, nothing's wrong. These kids have been ripped from their mother's arms, from their parents' hands, and they're in isolation with strangers, other little kids that they don't know, and a few adults who are taking care of them, and they're crying. We are sick as a nation. We're sick because, number one, we elected this guy, Donald Trump. We did as a nation. He's properly elected. Uh, On the other hand, though, the guy's a psychopath. 
He's not qualified or equipped to lead us. And a human being, a person with empathy, okay, care for little ones, would not treat children as he is treating them. The man is cold-hearted. And I'm going to give you another example of why I think he's cold-hearted. And people are going, I'm going to get comments tomorrow saying, you know, from Trump supporters, uh, you're crazy, et cetera, et cetera. When his wife had surgery, she was in for a week. Now, how many of us go to the hospital for a week? I've had heavy surgery. No one stays in the hospital for a week anymore. But she went in on a Sunday night. Trump went with her. But when she had the surgery Monday morning, Trump wasn't there. Now, let me ask you, if your spouse or someone close to you, a child, a parent, has surgery, major surgery, where are you while they are having the surgery? You are in the hospital in a waiting room waiting for that doctor to come out and tell you everything went okay. You want to be close to your relative, your spouse, etc. He wasn't there. I don't know. This guy's he, hes not normal. That's all I'm going to say. I'm pissed about the kids. That's the only way I can put it. And when you can't take pictures of the girls, the toddlers, and the babies, what's going on? All right, putting that aside. I want to talk. I want to stay with these immigration kids now for a moment, though. Uh, there's about 12,000 of them. Oh, hey, a lot of kids. 12,000 kids uh, are involved in this, this fiasco, for want of a better term. 10,000 of these children came across without their parents. Now, why would 10,000 children come from Guatemala or someplace Honduras and travel all those miles with a stranger? Because their parents wanted to get them out of those two countries where they would have had bad lives ahead of them. They might not have lived to become adults. So they permit them maybe never to see them again to, to pay someone to take them to the United States. They just want them to get here to the land of the free where everyone can be happy, et cetera, et cetera. It takes something for a parent to do that because things are that bad there. They let their kids go alone here. 2,000 of those children are with parents, and these are the 2,000 that got pulled away, okay, out of parents' arms and so forth. Uh, they say, well, this is not going to be for long. Bullshit. This thing is not going to, they say in 20 days they'll be back with their parents. I don't know how they're keeping track of all these kids and who belongs to who. That's number one. Already they lost 1,500. Do you recall last week the issue was they could not find 1,500 of these kids? No one talks about that anymore. Now the thing is, we can't see the girls, we can't see the toddlers or the babies. Why? Okay? It gets worse as time goes along. Uh, I believe this will go on longer than 20 days. They'll be incarcerated. I mean, if Trump can use bad terms like uh, concentration camps, we're not setting them up, et cetera, as he says it. I'm going to tell you, these kids are going to go longer because they're worth money, okay? It is not just civil servants, border guards, who are watching these children and, quote, unquote, protecting them. From what I can gather, the border guards are good to them, and civil servant employees of the United States are good and concerned. However, and we, we don't see this, our government has contracted out big time the care of most, if not all, of these children after, uh, after they are initially uh, gathered up. And these are private corporations. 
Now, they're getting paid $134 a day per child. Now, I don't know if it's 2000 12000 that are right now in those Walmarts that, by the way, our government paid $10 million to use them for a while. $10 million to use them in Walmart buildings for a while. And this is all being run by these private corporations. $134 a day per child. A lot of money. And so these kids won't be out in 20 days because the system doesn't permit anything to happen within 20 days, even though it's supposed to. And it will go on, and these private corporations are going to make more money. Which brings me to this point. There's got to be kickbacks involved. This is big dough and moving fast. Oh, my God, moving fast. And bigger and bigger every day. And these corporations are making more and more money. We have seen it happen already just with judges in this country. Sent people to jail. Sent kids to judges in New Jersey a couple of years ago. Sent kids to jail because they were getting paid per head, okay, by the private corporation running the jails. Two judges, would you believe it? Anyhow. Somebody better investigate this whole thing uh, when it's over or as time goes on just to see how the money's flowing. You know, it is true. Follow the money. I bet money kickbacks are involved here also big time. I'm not saying who they're going to. I'm not insinuating where money may be going. But there has to be kickbacks. There's too much money involved, too quick, no record keeping right now. We just got to get something done quickly. Within 24 hours, get that building, put up some caging, some wire fencing, do this, do that. Okay? Now, on television today, I'm still, I'm still with this thing. I, I, I wasn't even going to get into this till near the end of the program tonight. Uh, there was a mayor of a small town in Texas that's on the border. And he was interviewed over national television, and he doesn't know why it's such a big deal. They love having uh, these people come over the border. They love the immigrants coming into this country. One of their major industries in this small town is shrimp fishing. That was the job that was done by the undocumented workers for a for want of a better description, because they would go on the boats and work at a reasonable salary to help. Now they don't have them. They're hurting economically because they don't have workers on those shrimp boats. That was just one of the things. And he said these people were never a problem. Everyone here got along well. We didn't have crime or anything they're talking about. He said, I don't know what the hell's going on. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, look for this guy because I'm sure they're going to run him again. That's enough of that for a few moments. I don't even know if I'll go back to it tonight. I just wanted to share it. You, I'm upset. You should be equally upset. This is all wrong. This is not us. This is not us. And I got one more, more group I want to throw a few rocks at. Elected politicians, the Congress of the United States, his own party, the Republican Party, they don't have the balls to stand up and say, this is wrong. Stop it. They are afraid of him. They are afraid of him. Abraham Lincoln. uh, Abraham Lincoln, I have a comment he made back when he was president. uh, And it was about the American people and how he thought the United States could be destroyed. How the United States could be destroyed. And he said, and I quote, America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter or lose our freedoms, 
It will be because we destroyed ourselves. I repeat it. America will never be destroyed from the outside. If we falter or lose our freedoms, it will be because we destroyed ourselves. I want to talk about a few Donald Trump things here. Let's talk about soybeans. Now, soybeans are a big business in this country of ours. Farmers in certain states, they, that's the biggest industry in their states, growing soybeans. At the present time, Trump is having big-time war, so to speak, with China over tariffs. Every day the numbers seem to change. I don't know why the hell he's doing it. See, Trump does not understand. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. He doesn't look to see who's going to get hurt when he does something. He only sees what's in front of his eyes. He does not anticipate other evil, bad happenings. Now, here's what's happening. We have several states, and most of them, if not all of them, voted for Trump in the last election. Okay? Good luck if he gets their vote in the next one. The China, China is the biggest importer of United States soybeans. That's right. American soybeans. China imports more soybeans that we raise than from any other country in the world. Now Trump's in this tariff war back and forth with the Chinese. And the Chinese don't back down. They don't give a shit. Excuse my language. They're not going to back down. They're a big country. They're not stupid, and they hold our paper. Okay? They hold, we finance. They finance us. They're our bank. Now, China says, you want to keep selling us soybeans? We're going to put a 25% tax on the soybeans as they come in. <laughs> no one's going to buy their soybeans over there in, Japan, in China. United States soybeans will not be saleable in China because they're too expensive. Already, not today, not this week, but about three weeks ago when all this stuff started, this tariff war, China started looking to South America, certain countries like Argentina, who grow soybeans. And they have said, we're not going to put up with the, with the Americans. We're not going to put up with Donald Trump. We're going to buy our soybeans from Argentina and other South American countries, and they're already working on this. So China isn't going to get hurt. Who's going to get hurt in the end because of this tariff war? The American farmers in those states, which most of which, if not all, voted for Donald Trump. Now, there's another country that's involved with soybeans, Mexico. We, we defecate on Mexico all the time now. Donald Trump, he says all kinds of bad things. They're going to pay for the wall and all this. He lives in a dream world, Donald. Well, they are a large importer of our soybeans, and Trump's going to put we're going to have a tariff situation again on the soybeans. And Mexico is going to hurt us. Whatever happens, Mexico is going to hurt us. They've already said we are going to follow the path of China. We are going to buy our soybeans from South America, starting with Argentina. So within a matter of a few months, our farmers are going to take a big hit, those who raise soybeans. To make this whole thing even worse, Farmers had the opportunity not to plant soybeans this year, but they weren't aware of this tariff war when they did the planting. Had they known, they could have planted something else. Now they're going to lose their shirts. And why are they going to lose their shirts? Because of Donald Trump. Let me tell you something about tariff wars. Remember the late 1920s? This country was on an economic tick. Everything was up, up, up. The market was at the highest level. Everyone was getting rich. 
Boy, no one thought it was ever going to end. Herbert Hoover became president, okay? I think he became president in 1828. He decided he we should have tariffs. So he got into tariff wars with other countries. Within a year, my friends, we had the Great Depression. All right? Why? Because Hoover rate it was the tariff thing that did it. Hoover placed tariffs on certain things, and as a result, worldwide, everybody's way of doing business, because company, countries have been doing business with each other for years. It all ended. Everything got fouled up because of Herbert Hoover. And the Depression was not just the United States, the Great Depression. It was worldwide. And we could be going there again. Next year, maybe a year from today, maybe different economically for our country than it presently is. Another thing here. Uh, I have a friend. You may know her. Her name's Amy Bondurant, Amy Bondurant. Amy Bondurant was a, a European ambassador under Bush II. Uh, lived in Washington, had a home in Paris because she was an ambassador over there. And uh, last year, a little more than a year, she and her husband, now retired, both bought a home here in Key West and are officially residents of the state of Florida and the city of Key West. And we've become friends. Right now, she is in Paris. They're trying to close up the Paris home and sell it. And uh, she sent me an article a couple of days ago. Uh, she says, I find this sobering, Lewis. You may find it sobering also. It was by a Ben Steele, S-T-E-I-L-L. And Ben is spelled with two N's, B-E-N-N. And he, it was an article written in Foreign Policy on June 12th. Just, what, a week ago? June 12th. And the title of the article, listen to the wording, was very interesting. The world will die so Trump can, C-A-N. The world will die so Trump can. And he said, basically, everything's going wrong. And because of these things that are going wrong, the world as we know it is getting all screwed up and it's going to be worse screwed up. And eventually, no one's going to have it good, okay? And he said, why? These are some of the things. The failure of the G7 summit. All right. Negative remarks Trump made about Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. Trump's total lack of understanding how tariffs work. He doesn't understand the numbers. Trump's sucking up to authoritarian figures. He loves dictators. He loves Putin. He loves who else? He loves Putin. He loves Duarte out there in the Philippines. He loves Kim now. He loves these guys. He wants to be an authoritarian figure. Uh, he's concerned. This Ben Steele was concerned that because of these things, and at this time when he wrote the column, we weren't into the immigration, the immigrant children yet. He probably would have added that to his column also. He fears that the world as we know it today, the United States as we know it today, let me put it that way, the United States as we owe it today under Trump is the new normal. You know, it's not going to be like it was two years ago or even a year ago. This is the new world. It's Trump's world because of the things he does. And obviously he doesn't feel that 
that's good for our country or our people. I read a comment today. I don't, I don't know where I picked it up in some article, and I just, I just want to share it with you. And it talks about conservative Americans. Uh, and conservatives, I'm talking about conservatives, Republican conservatives. And here's what this, this, this article said, and I quote, Conservative Americans are all about family, unless the family has darker skin and is from another country. Conservative Americans are all about family, unless the family has darker skin and is from another country. I believe, this is Lewis talking now, that one of the reasons these immigrant children and the immigrants are getting beat up, they're not being physically beat up, you understand what I'm saying, is because they are of another color, they are tan. I and the other bigot in this whole thing is uh, Sessions, Attorney General Sessions. He's a bigot. He's been a bigot his entire life. And I also believe this is a reason why we as Americans did not provide the proper help to Puerto Rico, even though they are a state. We are brothers and sisters because their population is of color. Also, they are tan. You can disagree with me, but that is how I see it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about history. Let's change the subject. Let's get into some interesting things. I, I, you know, a couple of weeks ago I did a show. I didn't mention Trump at all. But you got to talk about him. He's affecting our lives every day. You don't know which way this guy's going to shoot. I want to talk about two historical items. The first one has to do with Napoleon. Uh, this month, in the year 1815, this month, June in 1815, Napoleon was defeated at Waterloo, okay? And it was because of the the genius of, what's his name, the Duke of Wellington. That isn't why. Wellington wasn't contributing, yes, but wasn't the real reason Napoleon lost that date. About six or seven years ago, I wrote a lengthy column, article, for Conk Life about why Napoleon lost at Waterloo. And you know what it had to do with? It was his hemorrhoids. For real. <laughs> this is, I'm laughing as I say, but it was his hemorrhoids. And if you dig a little bit, you'll see it. He had bad hemorrhoids. The night before the battle where he was defeated, uh, they were killing him. So he took whatever drugs you took at the time for hemorrhoids, didn't sleep well, finally fell asleep. He was supposed to get up early in the morning because the battle started early in the morning. It started without him, though, because he didn't wake up until about 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock in the morning. Uh, now he goes out to the battle. He was accustomed. He rode a horse. He didn't have a jeep. He, rode, he couldn't ride in a jeep either with hemorrhoids, probably. He couldn't ride his horse good. He used to go from one part of the battlefield to another, make personal observations, and give directions as to the way his men should move, how they should conduct their war in that particular area at that particular moment. He didn't do it that day. He couldn't do it because he couldn't sit on the horse. His hemorrhoids were killing him. And history tells us he really lost the war that day because he wasn't Napoleon that day. His hemorrhoids were killing him. The other thing, historical thing, I want to share with you for a moment and Donald Trump raised this, oh, what, two weeks ago uh, when he started knocking Trudeau following the G7 meeting uh, because he says, well, well, we're going to have turf wars with you because the security matter. Trudeau says, what do you mean security? We've been friends forever, Canada and the United States. He said, well, you, burn the, you burned Washington. 
well, let me tell you what happened here. It's the War of 1812, all right? And there, there was no Canada. Canada did not exist as a nation until 1867. It's two years. It's, it's 1812. We're into the War of 1812. Canada belongs. It's just a lot of land, big-time land, that belongs to England, to Great Britain. And the American troops in the War of 1812, early in the War of 1812, sent some of their military force at the time into Canada. And what did we do when we got into Canada? We burned their government buildings. So two years later, in 1814, in a retaliatory fashion, every action has an equal and opposite reaction, when the Brits got into Washington, D.C., they burned down the White House and some other government buildings. Uh, and that's how that all happened, because we did it to them. They did it to us. Okay. Oh, oh. oh I got five minutes. My article this week in Conk Life, which hits the stance tomorrow, is Sit at Attention or Die. That's the title. Sit or at Attention or Die. And it has to do with Trump, who said last week uh, that he wished people in this country would sit at attention when he speaks, because that's what the North Koreans do when Kim speaks. Let me tell you what I think about that. First of all, Trump is enamored with authoritarian figures. He especially admires people who permit their leaders to enjoy absolute power. Simply stated means that Trump, when he speaks, doesn't know what he's talking about. A perfect example is this newfound relationship with Kim Jong-un. Trump said he wants, quote, my people to, quote, sit up at attention, as they do in North Korea when Kim speaks. If Trump knew anything about recent North Korean history, he would be aware they do so because they fear death. Two 2016 episodes are proof. A deputy premier for education was executed by a firing squad for exhibiting, quote, disrespectful posture in a meeting with, with Kim. He just slouched in the chair. A general fell asleep in a meeting where Kim was speaking. He was executed with an anti-aircraft gun. Kim randomly executes anyone in his way. Before Trump's visit, just before, he killed three generals. Last year, a half-brother by chemical poisoning at a Malaysian airport. An uncle he had killed with anti-aircraft machine guns, following which the body was incinerated with flamethrowers. This is a real nice guy. This is our newest friend, or rather Trump's newest friend. Trump loves dictators, I suspect, because he wants to be one. He forgets he was elected to represent the people, not the people to represent him. I'm sorry, authoritarian figures are sick dogs. Go to bed with a dog who has fleas, and you wake up with fleas. Trump does not see this. He does not care. He wants to be one of them, an authoritarian figure. Here is what being one of them means if Kim is a man you admire. Rule by fear. Kim has concentration detention camps all over. They hold more than 120,000 at any given time. Most political enemies, some economic, others are there for retraining. No one gets a trial. You're arrested and sent away. Not just the accused, because I got to tell you, Kim thinks this way. If you arrest and jail someone, 
who's a member of a family, you must not only arrest him, you must arrest all his immediate family, all those one generation older than him, mother, father, grandparents, and those one generation ahead of him, his children. Three generations must go because he believes that the rest, if you don't arrest them all, somebody else in the family is going to remember and do him harm. Three generations at one time get arrested. Camp numbers remain the same. They don't go up and up because he doesn't feed these people. The way he maintains things at a doable level, he starves them. He does not feed them, okay? He spends his money on weapons and luxuries for the ruling elite, of which he is one, okay? Not to feed the people in or out of jail. You know what they do? He doesn't want people to have babies while they're in jail. You know what he does? It's got to be abortion. It's done by shooting a hypodermic needle filled with gasoline into a woman's stomach. Children are educated from day one to have absolute obedience to him. Uh, they're cult figures. Christianity's no good. You're caught reading a Bible, instantaneous execution. And on and on. Read my article if you get a chance. Uh, anyhow, he's a bad guy. And he's our best friend now or Trump's best friend. That's the story for this week. I hope you've enjoyed. I enjoy sharing my thoughts with you. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, it's a free country. It's a free world. We can say what we want, at least for the present time, and I hope forever. Uh, thank you again for joining me. I look forward to being with you next week. I enjoy getting your comments, your letters. I enjoy your sharing your thoughts with me. Good night. <laughs>